Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is DTC Growth Hacking with Rob McGray. Brought to you by Field Test. Advertising simplified. You're listening to DTC Growth Hacking Selling Stuff Online, presented by Field Test. My name's Rob McGray. And I've been fascinated with the relationship that great brands can create with their customers. Brands that make a promise and live by it. These relationships are the essence of a business. And brand loyalty can last a lifetime. I've also been constantly let down by brands that I've held to very high regard. Brands that merely play lip service and essentially are pump and dump, which is a really good put down, I found out, to say to any brand you're mad at and fail to live up to the promise that they've made you. And I think that's why I'm so excited for today's episode. Bo Schmidt is the co-founder of Sunday Scaries. And if you're not familiar with this term, you're about to be. Bo and his partner, Mike Sill, come from the world of hospitality, where customer relationships are everything. And the team at Sunday Scaries have taken that same level of, well, intimacy to their CBD products and are really setting themselves apart in, the mar- in a market that is on the verge of becoming very saturated. In getting to know Bo before this, before this podcast recording, the more that I learned about him and the company, the more I began to root for them. And listeners, I think after listening to this, you'll be rooting too. Bo, what's up? How you doing? Happy to be on here. Uh, thanks for coming. I was I was I, I was talking to um, Peter Luttrell, who's uh, over at Field Test, and and mm-hmm. uh, we were going through kind of how this was going to go down, and and he made a comment like, "You must be really excited to talk to Bo. Like you, your level of enthusiasm about this guy seems a little <laughs> bit unusual." And I was like, "No, no, you got to understand. Like all the things he says, and 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 he believes, and it's real. Like this is exactly what DC, DTC is all about." And so yeah, well, those, I, they're, they're great guys and I've been to the office and it's a really cool space too. So yeah, they're cool. And I love that they're doing this podcast. I think it's, um, you know, the way that, that they're looking at it is DTC is, is happening in all areas and it's not just about advertising. It's just, it's about all of it. And, uh, and it's exciting, but Bo, before, before we go any further, I have to ask about the name because I really believe that you guys have, have, you know, named this thing that I didn't, I didn't know how to, I didn't know that everyone else had. Yeah. So it actually, it came from a mic um, back in like 2016, 2015, Mike and his sister would always hop on a call and every Sunday to catch up and they would talk about their Sunday scaries. Like what, what happened the prior week, what's coming up in the next week. Um, so when we were, you know, brainstorming names in 2017, Sunday scaries just fit. It was cool. It gave us a lot of opportunity for lateral growth down the line. It wasn't like um, a derivative of CBD or cannabis, mm-hmm. um, which which a lot of CBD companies are um, or cannabis companies are. 
And uh, it just it gave us a fun opportunity to add some some really good personalities to our yeah. company. Yeah, I, re- I really, I, I find it to be um, a bold choice in that, you know, instead of um, naming the product, you, you kind of named a condition, right? Yeah, and traditionally, like, you know, if we were starting an anti-stress, anti-anxiety focused company, we would name it Calm or right. Relax or some derivative or play on words. Uh, but we love Sunday Scaries. Uh, it's a fun term. You know, there have been like three major studies recently about it saying that 92% of American adults suffer from Sunday scaries. It's kind of this over the, over the counter, um, non-diagnosable anxiety, you know, phrase. So, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can't even begin to count the number of, um, you know, those nights where you kind of, you know, you either, either you can't sleep or you wake up kind of after sleeping for a short amount of time and, and you're just freaking out. And, and you're tired, so you can't really think straight. Yeah, it's it's you know. it's just anticipatory anxiety, right? I mean, you just you had fun all week, um, or you had fun all weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning brunch, and yeah. you know, then that's like three or four o'clock on Sunday, and you're like, oh shit, like I have responsibilities. I need to go back working out. I need to start eating healthy again. I spent too much money. I went on a bad date. Yeah. I made stupid decisions. I have to reconcile a bad text. And it happens to everyone, whether you're a parent or you're single or you're a college student, there's some facet of anticipatory anxiety um, that happens throughout the week. Um, so we thought it was really appropriate and, and fun. It was relatable, which is, you know, what we value um, as one of our core values. So, yeah, yeah, I feel like I feel like once, you know, and, and as, I, as you explained it to me the first time, I felt like once I made the connection, I appreciated it at a very different level. And then I started to really think about, you know, and I wondered as you guys were, were laying out the plans of the company and, you know, and I want to talk about, you know, the, the, the brand values, but, you know, how key was the name for setting the tone for ultimately the, you know, the, the audience or the customer that you guys were going to be going after? Um, you know, we, we've gone through two years of brand evolution um, and so in the beginning, you know, it, it was a little immature and, and too far edgy. Um, but, you know, in the next the natural evolution of a company, we've toned it down, added, you know, a more professional side, but we're still that witty, gritty, edgy, humorous side. Um, and that allows us to break that barrier of introduction with customers because humor is, is the best way to break that barrier. And there's so many things you can do with Sunday Scaries. It's not just applicable on a weekly basis. It's it's time sensitive, right? It's Thanksgiving, you're seeing your overbearing mother-in-law that always, you know, yeah. cracks at you. Like that, that gives you Sunday scaries. It gives you this anticipatory anxiety for, you know, what's to come. Um, and so it just allows us to open up the conversation in other ways than just like this helps anxiety, this helps pain, this helps inflammation, um, like a lot of the CBD industry does. So yeah. yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like in the in the age that we're in, where mindfulness is is such a um, a, a practice that's pushed so hard and, you know, and, and it's, it's hard to, I think for the folks that are, are really aggressively pushing mindfulness to, you know, keep in mind that most of us can't live in the moment for five seconds, you know, yeah. like it's hard. And we, and we focus, you know, specifically on millennials, there's 25 to 40 years old, um, you know, give or take five plus or minus years on each end. Um, but, you know, millennials are plagued with their own unique 
over-the-counter anxiety issues uh, that other generations aren't. Uh, one, the proliferation of social media started when we were in college, or I was in college, and I'm 35 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you have social anxiety, you have sexual anxiety, you have digital isolation, you have online dating, you have student loan debt, um, and so you have all these anxiety issues that are really unique to millennials uh, that we kind of you know work to help overcome. Um, because, you know, people aren't buying a product. They're not buying CBD. They're not buying um, an anti-stress, um, you know, supplement. What they're buying is an outcome. They, they want to be able to deal with that mother-in-law. They want to be able to handle, you know, life on a daily basis without like going crazy from all the small things. They just want something to take the edge off. That's the outcome that they're buying. They're, they're buying a result. They're not buying a product. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I'm... And I could be wrong about this, but I believe I'm officially part of like the, well, I'm Gen X. And I think that's the Prozac generation, (laughs) you know, where they discovered they could give us all Prozac and, you know, and and we'd be less, you know, stressed out or depressed or whatever. But it came with a with a boatload of side effects, Um, you know, side effects that would make you depressed if you weren't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, our our brand avatar is, is pretty well defined. Um, you know, one of their strongest characteristics is they are focused on health and wellness, self-betterment, and they're authority challenging. Um, so they don't want, they want to go against the grain, um, which is what we represent in our brand archetype. Uh, but they don't want to go with traditional prescription pills to solve stuff. They don't want to go traditional bosses and have a traditional nine to five. Um, they live outside of those in the box, uh, normalities that, that were kind of, they were brought up through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, and, and, you know, I wanted to hit on this a little bit, but, you know, it's always been difficult, I think, for definitely people of, of my generation and, and older to, to really grasp that this plant that was so demonized for so long, <laughs> you know, that, that people, you know, we watched. Yeah, it was you know, the hippies disappointment is what they yeah, called it. Yeah. Because, you know, back when marijuana and hemp, both of which are under cannabis, so you have cannabis here, mm-hmm. marijuana and hemp, you know, people were smoking both and they would smoke marijuana and get high and have a great time. They'd smoke hemp and be like, this shit doesn't work. So it was the hippie's disappointment. Yeah. Uh, and it took, you know, a, a few decades to really realize that CBD, which is high in hemp and low in marijuana, um, and then the inverse Hemp is very low in THC, marijuana is high in THC, that the CBD has, you know, really strong medicinal um, benefits. And there's, and we're still at the forefront of that even. So, yeah. Do you think, and, and I'm throwing you a curveball here. Do you think that the, the progression of CBD as a, you know, as a business is, has been driven mainly by health benefits or potential profits? Like, and I know that's Benef- a big benefits. question. Benefits. You think that's definitely yeah. leading the way? Yeah. And I think that legislation is the only thing holding it back, um, to be honest. Um, you know, sourcing isn't an issue right now. Um, marketing is a major issue because of legislation. Um, quality control is a major issue in the industry because legislation. Um, research because legislation. Um, but yeah, I, I, I honestly believe that CBD will be a mainstay in you know, the American healthcare system, because it is so inexpensive 
and has so many, you know, potential benefits. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and for folks like you who, you know, own CBD brands who are, you know, you know, I mean, even five years in or six years in or however long, Mm -hmm. you know, these companies have, have been, you know, popping up, I have to think there's a massive amount of education that you guys need to provide uh, along the way. There, there used to be, but the American public is pretty uh, smart. I mean, my personal opinion, of course, on on CBD. I mean, you know, when we launched in 2017, everyone was like, "Oh, I love CBD. It gets you gets you high. It gives me a body high." And we're like, "No, nah, doesn't really do that." <laughs> um, or what? You know, they were just curious, like, "What is CBD? What is you know?" we'd get emails about CDB and they would inverse the letters. And, you know, it just was really new. I mean, we could advertise on Facebook in 2018 unimpeded. Now it's nearly impossible with so many restrictions um, because they didn't even have anti-CBD policies. You're seeing the same thing right now happen with Delta 8. There's no policies around it because it's like a brand new cannabinoid that's really being discovered. Same thing with CBN. yeah. Who sets those pol- who sets those policies? By the way, is it the networks? Um, is, who, it's who reactive that? on. I think it's reactive on a legislative level. It gets to a point where now it's an issue, uh, but you know it's all internal for policy. Like we spoke with Bustle, um, a great publisher, last week, mm-hmm. and they follow Facebook ad policies. That's that's how they actually, um, or that's what we were told. Um, so you know, Facebook sets ad policies. Maybe some publishers follow them a lot. A lot of publishers we work with are independent. That's why we can advertise CBD ingestibles. Uh, but it'd be on a company level. And it really just tears down. It's cannabis and it's hemp. So therefore, it's cannabis, same as marijuana. I mean, we can't even do trolley wraps and bus wraps because the cities don't do anything really? cannabis related on you know public transportation. So, um, yeah. What's so your, there's definitely a, a stigma there. I mean, what's your prediction? Like, when does when when does this like get sorted out? Any idea? I think in the next year. I think Biden uh, administration is doing very progressive things. Uh, you can see that marijuana is being legalized at a rapid rate um, in in states, and that is a very large waterfall effect. Um, you know that happens before CBD, and uh, and so I you know. Well, there's two questions there. One is legal. One is like clarification of dietary supplements and CBD as generally regarded as safe. The second is when will you know company ad policies change? Um, right. And that's obviously the depends on the speed of the company. A yeah. big, huge, massive company it could take another year, or a small company it could you know a publisher with five five people in charge it could take you know a month. So yeah, so those are more individual decisions that are going to be made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, you know, wh- how often do you guys have to answer the question, you know, um, is, is, does CBD even do anything? Like, is it placebo? Does it work? What does it do? Like yeah, all the time, um, because it's, it doesn't work the same as THC. THC gets you high. It has a very stimulating effect. CBD does not. It's actually the absence of a feeling. So it'd be more closely related to Tylenol of, you know, relief where it, it relieves those feelings of, um, you know, stress and agitation and edginess. And I'm going to be very careful because we don't make medical claims. We don't say this right. helps, cures, solves anxiety. Uh, we say it helps with stress, which is as far as we go on the claims, but we work with soft structure claims to make sure we're 
really responsible and our, our legal team uh, backs us up that are yeah. ex-FDA attorneys and they're like, look, this is the responsible way to market. You can use soft structure claims like calming down, cool, calm, collected, balanced, equilibrium, but nothing medical. No, God forbid, no cancer, fibromyalgia, anything that top level uh, doesn't even enter our blogs. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like what exactly I, I like that. What, what you what you said what I took away was you know CBD um, is a takeaway product meaning it mm -hmm. takes away conditions you may have such as stress oh, or anxiety sorry yeah I, I got uh, derailed there right. um, but but yeah so you know what, one of our customers put it the best way it's like take CBD for a week then stop taking CBD and you'll really notice the effects mm -hmm. um, I notice the effects right away um, when I take our oil. Um, within like 20, 30 minutes, just a, a calming sensation where the small things just don't bug me anymore. Yeah. Um, placebo effects, people ask, uh, you know, placebo effect is across the board, though, on every medication. I mean, even in spiritual, um, in the spiritual realm, right? Like if you're if you're thinking that you're getting better, you do get better. It's scientifically proven that positive energy, positive thinking improves your livelihood. Right. Um and so, you know, CBD is not placebo though. I mean, your body has an endocannabinoid system. You have receptors one and two, uh, the cannabinoids react with different receptors and block, um, molecules from binding with receptors, um, like cortisol, a stress hormone, like THC gets you high. Um, and so there are, you know, medically backed ways that CBD interacts with your body mm -hmm. and they actually, your body actually makes. Uh, cannabinoids itself um, internally. Uh, so CBD is considered a phytocannabinoid, which means it just comes from a plant versus an endocannabinoid from internal of a human. Yeah, I remember I remember uh, going into the, the kind of the, the rabbit hole there and <laughs> trying to figure out how all this worked. And, and it, it amazed me, um, you know, the idea that that the state that was being um, reached from from the ingestion was was a state that you know you could you could reach right it was like there are ways to do it and this is a in a way a helper to get there a lot easier and and i always think like okay well you know in general i'm always looking for a shortcut and why mm -hmm. wouldn't i take one like, you know, I could, I could sit there, I could go ride my bike for like two hours and exhaust myself and like, you know, do that whole thing and then meditate and blah, blah, blah. Or I could just, you know, I'll take one of, one of the gummies and I'll just like, let it happen. And I won't even be thinking about it. You know, it'll just kind of. Yeah. It's, it's like yoga in a gummy form. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, that, that I'm a big believer in and, and mentioned it is, is companies that spend that time to really figure out who they are and, and allow, you know, and, 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 you know, you've referred it to your core brand values. You know, mm -hmm. some people say core tenants, there's, there's lots of different ways to frame it, but it means the same thing. And, and, and how that can, you know, essentially help you make decisions with every touch point that you provide from, you know, this podcast to the t-shirt you're wearing, to the product, to, to some ad copy, that it's all driven from these core beliefs of this is who we really are. 
So can you take us a little bit through that process? Because because I know how important it is to you and, and how like how did you guys attack that? Yeah, so we, uh, this is like one of our favorite processes and it, it is derivative of EOS or rocket fuel and traction, um, but less on the corporate structure side, if you're familiar with that. So we, uh, you know, define our core values. We, we looked at our top customers that we knew um, that we've done like testimonial campaigns with um, and our staff. And we wrote down on a giant whiteboard, like, what is, what do we love about them? Mm-hmm. What do they represent? And we created basically all these words and then we clustered them all together um, when they were, you know, similar and we basically whittled it down to our five core values and they weren't aspirational, right? It wasn't like, Oh, we, we should be this. It was, they were actually our true core values of people that were in the company and that represented our, our, our biggest, you know, fans, um, yeah. our super fans basically. And it came down to, you know, the first one is delivering happiness. So Mike and I from hospitality industry, owning a, a full bar and restaurant with 50 employees and, open three and a half years, like customer service is number one. Um, and so we modeled it after Nordstrom and Zappos and Tony Shea's delivering happiness is like mm-hmm. one of our little Bibles, right? Yeah. If the customer calls and they're in Austin, Texas, or in San Diego, and they need to find a good pizza place, hell, if a customer, if it's not, if they're not even a customer and they call us, we'll help them out. Right. We'll go beyond. And it's, 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 that's the lowest common denominator of every job, whether you're a co-founder or the office manager or shipping associate, that's the job. Um, and so customers always happy. That's why we always have a hundred percent money back lifetime guarantee, because if someone doesn't like the product, we're not here to add stressors on to someone's life. We're here to take them away. So, um, you know, another, the second core value is let's get ready to rumble. So when you walk into the office, there's no head down, there's no putting around, it's like, get your head up, fucking clap your hands <laughs> if someone had a big win the, the last day yeah. and get pumped up. If we get an awesome, you know, when we get awesome customer testimonials, like we get pumped up and it's just you keep that energy alive. Um, next is keep it 100. So if you're having a bad day or you're pissed off at someone or you have a problem, you got, it's if you don't bring it up during our weekly meeting, then it's your fault. If someone's pissing you off and they've been pissing you off for three weeks and you bring it up then, then that's on you. So like it's being open, it's being transparent, vulnerable. Um, and I can run through the other ones if you want. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I, 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 and then what I'm, what I'm starting to envision while you're saying these is that these values are, they're internal and external, right? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's how we interact with, it's the entire customer relationship. So if someone has a question for us, they, they don't contact a robot. They don't contact a call center. They contact Johnny or Braden or Guillermo or Nicole in our office and they talk to a human being. And if they aren't able to answer, they leave a voicemail, we'll call them back like a human being. We treat them like a friend, right? If we, we ask them what their, how their weekend's going, you know, we keep it raw, open and human. It's all humanistic, um, you know, and then, and then beyond that, you know, we're just trying to, our, one of our, like our third core value is grow or die. Like if you're not learning how to better serve yourself, your customers, the company, then you're going to die and you're going to get terminated or it's just not going to work out. Um, And we do that with our customer relationships. Like we should know what makes them tick because they are the reason that we exist. We should be learning more about them and how we can add more value about them every single day. Cause if we don't do that, then we, we don't exist. Like, that's the whole purpose. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. 
Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, and I, could, I can definitely see how a lot of these had to have come from the experiences that that you and Mike had in hospitality. And I'm trying to think of how to apply them, you know, to a, you know, to a, a 50 employee establishment, like, you know, it, which is, you know, it, it, I'm wondering what, what, what were the big learnings that carried over from, you know, the, the physical, I mean, you know, cause mm-hmm. you know, just to paint the picture, you, you had an establishment that was providing some of, in theory, the same things to the customer, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and we can debate over like the, the health benefits of alcohol, but let's, let's remove that for a second and say, you know, there was something about letting off steam and hanging out with friends and, and getting, you know, and just kind of like having a place to go that you wouldn't be lonely. Like there's, there's a lot of benefits to the public gathering you know, that, 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 that bars provide. And I wonder what, what you were able to extract from that and say, Hey, this, this is something we don't want to lose. The, the community aspect is the most difficult asset to have in an e-commerce ecosystem. I mean, you know, we have, we have an exclusive Facebook group. We're exploring some other options like full Slack channels, which we haven't implemented yet. And, you know, reaching out, but obviously our, customers are spread across the country um, now, even in the UK. So getting everyone together, especially during COVID is, is real unrealistic. You know, we've done group yoga sessions that are all live and there's fun stuff like that. Um, but compared to, you know, the, the restaurant, it's, it's completely different. That being said, you know, as you look at two completely different infrastructures of the way businesses run, 
brick and mortar, you have, you can, you can only make so much money and you can only do so much because you have a revenue cap. You can make as much money as you are. Your doors are open. You have butts in the seats and that number of seats. And that is it. Unless you're maybe doing like to go or something, you know, um, but but still, it's very limited. 80% of your your customers come within like a three or four mile radius. Um, on the other hand, e-commerce, you're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week to every corner of the country. Um, and then in nature, the, the, the products that we were selling on the alcohol side are, are um, you know, stress relieving, um, mm-hmm. but definitely detrimental to health uh, yeah. versus something that where customers are giving us more positive feedback in the CBD world of this helped me so much. You know, I'm a, I'm a new mom with, um, you know, a three-year-old and she's driving me nuts and I just need to calm down and these really helped. And so you're going to, you know, we get a lot more positive feedback. Yeah, it's probably a much better side. alternative in that, in that example too. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it, it gives us a lot more flexibility too. Um, you know, we can grow faster and scalability is there, which means we can make a bigger impact. We can do put more money into research, into phil- philanthropic um, um, campaigns, which which we do through numerous products of ours. And so it's, and then it's way more fun too. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we still have plenty of friends that own bars and restaurants, um, but obviously that was a very, very tough industry the last year. Um, compared to an e-commerce, you know, anti-stress-based business. So, are you guys happier? Yeah, I mean, we were working seven days a week, um, 10, 14 hour days at the very least. Uh, we used to say every day is a Monday, and every day is Dick Kick Monday because, yeah, I mean, your your weekend is the busiest, and on Monday you can take a deep breath, and then all the small problems come out, right? Yeah. A dishwasher showed up stoned, or a busboy was selling drugs to a customer, or a customer slipped and fell because they were drunk in the bathroom, or just that have no economic upside that are just problems you have to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a very passion driven business, like like any business, but uh, yeah, there were definitely a lot of smaller things that happened um, in that environment. Um, that were just like, I mean, we had thousands of vendors, uh, beer, liquor, wine, uh, alternative spirits, food vendors, meat, cheeses. I mean, it was insane. Um, so. Which, which are, you know, do you think that, let's say, let's say you're mentoring, uh, the next generation of, of business owners. Do you believe Mm -hmm. that those types of experiences are going to give them an edge if they, if they live in that world for a little while? Yeah. I mean, my wife, uh, she was a, she was a bartender, um, for nine years before she got her master's in psychology. Um, we have a baby girl due in September, my first, Hmm. and we both joke that she is going to work her ass off during college in the hospitality industry because it is a very important people to people skill that you need to learn. Um, and appreciate when, you know, one of my biggest pet peeves is going out to a restaurant and seeing someone disrespecting staff um, because of it, because of some small issue that they literally have no control over. Right. right. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, that's, that's one of the best, it gave us our alligator skin. I mean, when you're used to dealing with so many fires, you, you start to grow a skin to the small things and let them brush off your shoulders. Yeah. I, I, I just, I'm stopping myself from going off on a tangent to debate <laughs> over like, tipping versus not tipping like should people just have a salary that's a whole other podcast um yeah but i, I i'm fascinated i i had a 
you know, I did my time in a kitchen mm -hmm. and I, you know, and I watched people work really hard and my big takeaway from, from that time. And it wasn't like, I didn't do like three and a half years and I wasn't necessarily, it wasn't often, um, face forward, but you know, I began to treat, um, and it lasted my entire life, uh, people in the business, you know, with a lot of respect because it's really hard. Like it's, it's a really hard thing to Kitchen, do. Kitchen. I mean, you're in a windowless room. That's 110 degrees cooking your ass off. Um, and if you do your job perfectly, typically you get a thank you. Yeah. But if you do anything wrong, shit hits the fan real fast, right? Yeah. God forbid you put something on a burger that an onion on a burger that some woman is allergic to or, or a tomato some guy's allergic to, right? Then the whole thing falls apart from one small mistake. Um, it's just prone to those types of accidents. So, yeah. I mean, we, we talk a lot, you know, in this podcast, we focus mainly on the, on the, you know, on the brand or agency side. Um, but I do think that there's an interesting part of being a good customer. Um, and, and I know that I've, I've tried to do that at certain times with brands that I feel like have really delivered for me and have earned that loyalty. And I've tried to, you know, if they asked me to do something, I would do it. And that could be as simple as like a social post, or it could be, Hey, we want to, mm -hmm. can you come to this event? Hey, da da da. And I think that you're more inclined to become part of that community, um, because you've been treated really well and now you can give back. Uh, What's well, the old adage, right? Like if we, if we treat our customers with respect and we give them value added, something they weren't expecting, um, we surprise them with a phone call or a nice email just out of the blue. Those things really resonate. Um, and we go you know, above and beyond to try to make sure that happens across the board. If we piss off our customer and, and, th and that person that we treated really well would tell a friend or a family, and those are typically the best customers, word of mouth referrals from friends or family that have higher LTV. Um, but if you piss someone off, I mean, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. They're going to go. They're, I mean, they're going to go, yeah. they're going to go to social media and it's not the old adage was they'll tell 10 of their friends, but now it's they'll tell they'll tell 500 of their stranger friends that they don't know, um, you know, between Yelp and Instagram and stuff. So it's uh, you know, it's even more important now that, you know, you focus that we focus on the why of why we exist and not just ingredient based because people connect with that more. Yeah, no, no, I think it's smart. And, and I like this idea of, of establishing trust and, uh, and, and building off of it. You know, you, you said that um, possibly CBD looks a little bit different as an industry in a year. What about, what about in five years, 10 years? And, 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 and the reason I ask that is, let's, it, it sounds like Sunday Scaries has a really fantastic trajectory. Um, you know, you guys are moving in the right direction. And, you know, you're still a young brand and, and I don't want to say you're bushy tailed, right. But, mm -hmm. but we all are in a way in this industry. And I wonder, are you guys thinking about, you know, planning for success and within that success, how you can maintain, you know, these values that are so important to you? Yeah. So, I mean, on the, on the growth side, any growth in the industry is going to be good because it's going to, it's going to, cut out the pump and dump brands, which there are many, uh, they typically, you know, prey on 50 plus men and women 
uh, with making huge medical claims, but that's in any new industry. Right. So not surprising. Um, as the industry matures, all that's you know, going to happen is more legitimate brands are going to stand out. Illegitimate brands are going to fall under. Um, sourcing is going to get less expensive, but higher quality. Um, and then there's going to be better guidelines for testing, both at the raw product level and the finished product level. Um, cause there's so many reports of like this CBD product has two milligrams of CBD, but it says it has a hundred cause it's just so unregulated. Um, and so as the industry matures and then what we'll, we also, uh, I think last year there were about 300 MA transactions within the, the CBD industry, but it's typically cannabis on cannabis, right? It's a Canadian THC company buying a American CBD company. Um, to gain market access. Mm -hmm. I think what we haven't seen yet is private equity um, and institutional players come into the game. So that's Johnson and Johnson, Monster, Red Bull, Pepsi, Coat. Um, you know, we started seeing Molson Coors uh, yeah. came out with like a CBD beer um, or was dabbling with the subsidiary. But, you know, we haven't seen the, the institutional players come in, which really add that, that steel backbone to an industry. Um, nor, I mean, we've seen pharmaceutical come in a little bit, but only epidiolics for a very specific type of epilepsy. Um, but there's so many more benefits, I believe, than that. So, yeah. Do you, can you, so you can see that kind of acquisition parade happening someday as these, as these brands jump in? As soon as CBD is, is GRAS, G-R-A-S, right? General Guard is safe and can be classified as a dietary supplement, both of which are in gray areas right now. Um, I believe institutional players will start to buy, not build. Um, they will buy existing CBD brands, um, roll them up into their portfolio, um, and use that as, as market penetration. Yeah. There's so many CBD brands now. I think that, you know, them building an entire new SKU and brand around it is, is, uh, just not, not efficient. So, yeah, I mean, that must, um, occupy some of your your brain cycles thinking about like when that all starts to happen where you guys are going to be positioned you know i mean how could it not yeah yeah i mean a good way to look at it you know electric cars like ford chevy right they yeah. they they aren't i mean electric cars have been out for for years and years uh, but now they're really starting to get in hummer is starting to get into it but that you can't just adopt it. It's not like Johnson and Johnson, CBD's grass, and all of a sudden they can pump out and have all this massive distribution uh, and penetration and podcasts and social media and influencers. Uh, it's it's a flywheel. It takes time to develop and, and time to get rolling. Um, so, you know, we look at our defendable customer niche. We're going to lose customers that are outside of our, our core demographic, outside of our, our core, you know, brand avatar. Um, but the ones that are within that, that resonate with our brand, those are the ones that we will be able to defend against because we treat them with respect. They trust us um, and they love our products. So, yeah. And then, and what about, what about on the, you know, the manufacturing side, like in terms of the relationships that you guys, and, and I'm not asking for names, but the relationships that you guys have, um, I assume with, you know, maybe a farm or like, where does this stuff come from? I think, uh, so we're, we're close with candy labs. Um, they are, they do all of our, our sourcing for raw product. Phenomenal. We actually helped get them into the industry. Uh, they really? have high business acumen. Um, Nick Wilson, uh, one of the, one of the founders is a friend. And we we're like, look, this industry is 
like Breaking Bad now. There's people making shit in their garage in yeah. plastic Home Depot buckets, the bright yellow or bright orange ones, right? <laughs> if you guys come in and develop quality sourcing that is manufactured in a GMP certified facility and has every certification under the sun, you guys will kill it. And they did. They freaking did it. And wow. so we get all of our sourcing from them. Um, now, on the manufacturing product side, I think there's massive opportunity. That's not what we want to do, but finding manufacturers that can make custom formulated gummies and tinctures in a reasonable, at a reasonable uh, pace, like other CPG products, is definitely something that's fallen short in the industry right now. Interesting. That's interesting. I wondered about that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I um, I mentioned it. I mentioned it on an earlier episode. Um, you know, I have a friend and, and he was focusing on creating technology that would allow for um, trackability. And so his his kind of use case was um, fish. And, you know, when when the fish is caught, you know, there's basically a, a QR code that's generated. And then, you know, it kind of follows the fish mm -hmm. until it gets to like, you know, the store. And you could, you know, basically walk up to the, the package and, and scan it with your phone and go, oh, it was caught there on this day. And then it went here and then it checked in here and then it ended up here and it was frozen and now it's here. And, and this idea that, you know, um, eventually that could become some kind of, you know, I, I mean, I, I hate to throw out trendy blockchain stuff, but, you know, it could be in some kind of ledger where it was undeniable, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. I mean, we... You know, we do that at a batch level. So every batch of finished product that comes um, and raw product that comes can be tracked back to its source. To the exact hemp stock, no, um, because CBD is a derivative, so it goes through a you know a big distillation uh, distillation process. Um, so it's not like a fish is here and it's a fish at the end. Right, right? right. It's a plant, and then it's into basically like collection of molecules and then it goes into a finished product, right? That, they, that can be tracked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly, I mean, we're seeing in the marijuana industry. Um, it's, it's definitely something that's on the forefront. I would say it's definitely a couple of years away before that's, you know, required yeah. as part of a regulation. So, yeah, I, I, I'm personally much more of a fan of the, um, the gummies than anything else right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I just think it's so, 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 so easy. And, and even, you know, I mean, I can't remember the last time that the, the, um, the result wasn't what I expected. Like even though, even the, the ones that have THC in them, like they're, they're pretty good at, at, at being mm -hmm. um, consistent with the dosage. Yeah. You know, cause I can remember like, you know, making pot cookies or whatever. And <laughs> like, you know, and, and one person would be like, what, like yeah. nothing's happened. And someone else would be on the on the floor, like crying yeah. for their mother. And it was like, you, you had no way to manage this thing. You know, it's like, whoever got it, got it. And, yeah. uh, and now we're seeing, you know, professionals, um, you know, at work and, and it's, and it's great. I mean, I'm, I, I, I there's so many things right now, uh, just in general. I mean, I think it's a, actually a really good time to be alive. And I think it's definitely a great time to be a consumer. I mean, it's a consumer's world right now. I mean, you're looking at like a 60s kind of, you know, reignition, um, you know, then we have mushrooms um, that, yeah. that are coming back and microdosing is becoming a very hot topic. We have Delta 8, which is another CBD loophole um, or cannabinoid loophole 
Um, looking at like the whole microdosing movement uh, is I think really powerful as well, especially with like PTSD. Um, and so it's exciting to see, you know, these positive things that are not physically addictive come back. Yeah. Yeah. I just started reading it. Is it Michael Pollan who um, wrote a book about changing the way you think about psychedelics? And that's not actual title. That's me paraphrasing, but it's really interesting. It's really, I'll send you a link. You might like it. It's really interesting, but it's like one of these things where, you know, there's a natural thing out there in the world. And, you know, in the case of psychedelics, um, what I believe happened is that, you know, it was a common practice in maybe South Central America. And when, um, I don't know if it's the Crusades, but when the Catholic Church got a wind of it and they were like, yeah, we got to put the kibosh on this because we can't have people like at peace with the world. Like we need them to be like all messed up. So, you know, so they can they can buy what we're selling. And uh, we're the solution, not like not not that mushroom that they're going to pick or that peyote they're going to smoke. Come on. That's no good. And and it seems to be a common thread where, you know, there's something's been provided to us that we could easily like, you know, um, embrace. And yet, you know, someone tries to slow it down because it's just not good for their business. Yeah. And you see that through, you know. Market a new market penetration of anything, whether it's stevia or acai or coconut water, you know, there's initial penetration, there's, you know, early brand adopters and ingredient adopters, and then it goes into saturation, which is where we're at now in the CBD industry. And then there's the fallout, um, which is when the, like I said before, just like the the illegitimate companies, the companies that have been responsible financially, internally uh, fall off. And then, um, you know, the the other players move forward. So, yeah. So what's the easiest, what's the easiest way for someone They're They're kind of, um, and, and admittedly a lot of people jump in with both feet, but I, I'm, I believe there are a lot of people that are, they're ready to test the waters, but they're, they're still not sure. And, and that could be on the older end. It could be on the younger end. You know, there's, what's the best way to go about it? Yeah. I mean, start with our flagship gummies. Uh, that's why we made them. It was our first product in, in 2017. Uh, CBD, like we said, was still needed a lot of education. And, and we started with gummies because, believe it or not, back then there <clears throat> there weren't a lot of CBD gummies, uh, certainly not gummy bears. Uh, They're more like cubed, like a lot mm-hmm. of ones today. Um, and, you know, when you grow up and you got to take your freaking calcium, you get a Flintstone gummy, right? Yeah, so. yeah. It was a really easy way to adopt, um, to kind of bridge that transition of trying something new, something non-threatening. Um, also, non, what was the word? Um, non-alarming. It wasn't uh-huh. alarming. So like when you're at work and you're trying to calm down, you take a couple of gummies, no one thinks the wiser, but you put a tincture under your tongue, you know, yeah. your boss might be like, all right, what's going on here? Like, what, you what are you doing? can't do that yeah, at your desk, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> And so definitely the gummies. And then they're boosted with vitamins uh, D3 and B12 for, you know, added benefits. So. Yeah. There, you know, which, you know, there is a, a little public service announcement. There's a massive um, vitamin D deficiency problem in the United States, by the way. Technological isolation inside. Yeah. Not out getting the sunshine vitamin. Yeah. So that's smart. That's real smart. Wow. So, so um, people want to find out more. Where do they go? What do they do? Sundayscaries.com. Um, you can always reach us. I mean, my email is just bo at Sundayscaries.com. Uh, everyone's accessible. Um, yeah. 
You know, we, we ask a lot of people for help. We're in a group called Entrepreneurs Organization, which is a global network of business owners. Um, Cause we, we ask for help too on how to run our business and how to grow and continue to improve. Um, and we offer the same um, for anyone else. So, you know, we're always down for collaborations and chatting and um, yeah, that's, that's why we're here. So, yeah. Well, I, 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 I love talking to you. I feel like Appreciate I'm talking to a, I feel like I'm talking to a, a real person, you know, like a real, a real person. I, I, I know a lot of it comes, your, your pedigree comes from the hospitality world and, and, you know, and you, you know, where, where that ability um, could make or break your, you know, the business. But I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that that's what I'm seeing. I think I'm seeing a person who is, driven um and honest and excited about what he's doing and 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 that is that is business to me that's what and it's that's supposed our to be fifth core value is <laughs> unleash your inner deadpool there it be is gritty, be witty be feisty be a superhero that's imperfect because deadpool is imperfect right you try to yeah. be a superhero in real life but everyone has imperfections um and we don't pretend to be perfect uh we just promise to continue to always improve. So yeah, that's, that's what we're about. Wow. Well, both. Thank you listeners. Um, I don't know about you, but, but it's these types of conversations that, that give me a tremendous amount of hope and, and knowing that there are companies like Sunday scaries who are, who are really leading the space with, with what I would call heart. Um, and, and yes, as Bo said, there's going to be a lot of companies that pop up that are out to make a quick buck but but please know that 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 is not and that is not and and nor does it have to be the way that things are um if if you like hearing stories like this from amazing founders of great dtc brands be sure to subscribe to this podcast we've lined up so many awesome guests and and i just feel like every time i talk to one of them i feel smarter and uh, a little bit more worldly and, and maybe a little bit more cool. Um, many thanks to the team at Field Test. And, and again, to this week's guest, Bo Schmidt from Sunday Scaries. My name is Rob McGray, and this has been DTC Growth Hacking, selling stuff online. Till next time, stay safe out there. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bo. This was a Field Test podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.